0: Hello and welcome all to episode 61 of the PGAJ Golf Pro Business Show. I need a better name for this show. That was actually just what I wrote down as the title to the show. And as I was writing it, I thought, man, I really need a better name than that. And then as I just said it, it really sank in. So let's call it the PGAJ show for now and move on from that. Uh, this week's show, we're going to be talking about the changes that are coming to the PGA education system, and this is going to be a challenging one for me this week. I feel like I say that a lot, um, but I have no connection to the PGA other than being a PGA Class A member. Um, so my understanding of kind of what is going on and, and the reasons for everything um, are really just purely what I'm reading in an article from the PGA Magazine. I tried to go online and find out a little bit more information. I could not find all that much, even on pga.org. Maybe I'm just missing it. Maybe it's the way pga.org is set up. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Um, but um wanted to kind of update everybody on what that article talks about. Um, it's a challenging one for me to do on the podcast, as most of these are. Um, because there's just a pretty long article and there's a lot to cover. Um, so I took notes, if you uh, follow me on Instagram, P-G-A-J-A-Y, um, uh, or on Snapchat, same, P-G-A-J-A-Y, follow me there if you don't. Um, you notice that uh, I was actually taking notes for this episode, which seems like it would make sense, but um, can make things a little bit more challenging for me as well, but I wanna talk a little bit about what the article says, and then also, um, You guys helped me out a lot with some feedback. Um, I made a post about a week ago and then a couple other ones asking for some feedback from you guys on just what your experience has been with the PGA, PGM program, past or present uh, or current, and uh, just kind of giving me your thoughts on that. So I will uh, roll that into this, and I kind of – I really liked how that idea of of, with the podcast – either coming up with an idea and then getting your guys's feedback along the way so that it really becomes more relevant, uh, relevant to you guys. Uh, I mentioned before that, that, uh, the the best episodes tend to be the ones that come from questions from you guys. So if you ever have any questions, you can always email me at j at dot Um, and, uh, you can hit me up on Instagram as well, or Snapchat, whatever, uh, ask away. And, uh, we make, Everybody else might get a good episode out of it. So, jumping—I guess—jumping guess jumping into it, I don't know. People just say that. Um, <laughs> getting started on the episode, though, this isn't—it's just an interesting one with the, with the change in the education, and we'll, and we'll talk about kind of the changes that happen. But I do want to kind of just my perspective on. And it's a growing and changing and evolving perspective on things. Things I do like the general direction. Just as a business person, um, the direction that the PGA is going. Maybe not. Maybe not everything, though. I can't you know say one thing or the other. Like I like this. I don't like this. Um, but I like that they're being proactive in providing the members more updated information. Um, more resources, uh, to drive drive revenues. That's just such a cliche thing to say, but really, grow a business um, in the in the modern era. I don't think that they focus as much on the the social media opportunities and um, the current state of media as far as an advertising platform or communication platform. But that's what you have me for. Um, so no need for them to focus on that. But um, I do like how proactive that they're being. Um, with the content that they're putting out, with the resources that they're putting out um, in seminars and things like that, are really starting to get at the heart of providing tools for golf professionals to be better at business so that therefore they can either make more money as the business owner or be more useful and uh, therefore make more money as, uh, as an employee um, of, the, of the company or the club. You guys have heard me say that a bunch before. And just keeping things in perspective the PGA is one of the quotes from the article in the PGA magazine, which is where I'm getting most of this, inf- all of this information except for my own thoughts for the most part, um, is the largest, what was it, it's the largest working sports organization. I don't remember the number, but how many PGA professionals and apprentices are there? It's it's that was tens of thousands, so I think 27,000, 29,000 29, PGA professionals in the job market. That's a lot of people. That's a big organization. I think what makes it especially challenging for the PGA is the PGA other than, I mean, there are, the PGA employs people. I'm not saying that the PGA doesn't directly employ people, but it is a, it's a sports organization. It's a, they're, they're part, you know, the part education, they're part um, kind of continuing education, certification, but the the PGA doesn't really a lot of times even get to decide who the most qualified people are for like jobs and things like that. So it's a really hard thing. when you think about what the PGA does is kind of providing the support and resources for p- people to then get hired by other people. It's just, just I, I'm kind of starting to wrap my head around how that works as an organization. And, and it's a challenge and it's an it's interesting how how anyway I just just think just that that's uh, that's about all I can kind of um, say about that before that's just kind of my thought is anyway it's just a big-ass organization (laughs) it's a lot of people with a lot of different priorities um, to keep in mind so of course you're never gonna get everything right um, but I do in general like the direction that they're going so just something to keep in mind there as we talk about some of these things it's a lot of people so I think the best way to do this is, thankfully, for my um, for the way my brain works, there is a uh, takeaways from PGA Education that'll break out uh, in the PGA Magazine, and it highlights some of the um, highlights. Some of the highlights. I think that's what you do with highlights. You highlight highlights. So I figure if uh, if I go totally off the rails with kind of my my kind of reciting what's going on in the uh, in the article at least you'll have these nine takeaway sound bites so you will at least have learned something um, and they are number one a revamped approach so these are little bullet points one through nine of kind of the whole thing boiled down into nine kind of just quick talking points and they are one a revamped approach to pga education will be rolled out in the coming months with significant benefits for new and existing PGA professionals. So this was an announcement. Um, this was just kind of announcing the framework of what's going to be happening and what the priorities are and all of that. Three career pa- Number two, three career paths, golf operations, teaching and coaching, and executive management will be available for PGA professionals to sharpen their professional focus. So that's the... That's the hint at, or hint is telling you that there will be three career paths. We'll get into that a little bit more uh, later. Number three, player development. Uh, Number three, player development will be at the core for all PGA education and all three career paths. That was a big piece of feedback that I got from people was that the player development wasn't A, accurate, or two, all they wanted to do was player development, so they had to spend too much time doing the other stuff. Again, we'll get back to that. I'm trying not to go into too much detail on these. Um, for a revamped certification process will allow for a progression from PGA associate to PGA member, to PGA specialist, to certified PGA professional, and ultimately to master PGA professional. Number five, ongoing education will include written materials, video, content, seminars, and online simulations for a well-rounded educational environment. That last word was an environment. Uh, six, multiple PGA departments and committees are working in concert to create a new curriculum and promote PGA education to members and employers. Number six, PGA apprentices will now be known as PGA associates. Just a little footnote, that would have been good to put before number four that talked about the PGA associates. Anyway, just just a little bullet point there, feedback. Number eight, uh, PGA associates in the PGM program, we'll be able to choose one of three career paths to pursue following completion of level one. So that talks a little bit about how the format will work. Revamped PGA education op- this is number nine. Revamped PGA education opportunities are likely to increase diversity and inclusion and help grow the game at all levels. So if you make it no further in the podcast, you know more than you did when you started the podcast. I sure hope so. After nine minutes of listening to the podcast, that you know a little bit more about something. Um, so, I guess kind of the way. So here's my takeaways from the entire article. It would have been really smart for me to kind of just comment on each one of those with the content from the article and elaborate. But eh, sometimes hindsight's a little bit a uh, little bit better than the actual approach. So. Um, I mentioned the world's largest sporting organization, so the three career paths, golf operations, uh, teaching and coaching, and executive management. The article itself spends like the next, after it introduces that, spends like the next four paragraphs talking about teaching and coaching. Um, This is some feedback that I got from a lot of you saying that I know I wanna be a teacher, that's all I wanna do, why do I have to learn all the other stuff? Um, to get my certification so that I can teach. And I think the the interesting part about this is that, one, it, it makes that path easier. And then the article talks about make, we, losing a lot of g- people that would have been great teachers by forcing them to go through a program that doesn't focus on what they're looking for. So that is obviously a big one. also, within that teaching... Um, it was. It talked about the um, updating, of course, the uh, some of the teaching materials, and also this was a, a, a. I thought a pretty cool insight was that to also be able to um, recognize certifications uh, that were not. Recognize non PGA certifications in club fitting, trackman, uh, or I think it said launch monitors and things. I don't know if they use trackman by name, but uh, basically, so like trackman university and certain certifications, it would actually rec the PGA would recognize those certifications around teaching, um, and I'm sure other ones. Um, and I don't know if that means MSR credits or if that means something. I don't know what that means, but they're basically kind of opening the door in that to uh, members being able to explore other avenues outside of the PGA potentially, um, and have them be recognized, um, by the PGA. So I thought that that was cool to kind of have that open-mindedness as well as creating that career track for people that want to teach. I mean, that's, there's not, when I think about it, I mean, the, with all the professional golfers in the world, um, you know, one of the romantic ideas of, of being a, of being a PGA professional is the idea that you can teach somebody on tour and travel and get to hang out on the range at the masters and do sweet stuff like that. And, um, and, uh, that's all obvi- and make a lot of money. And that's obviously a very cool path to do. And I, I don't mean to say that's the only reason people teach, but obviously helping people improve the game and growing the game and all of that stuff, but it's, also very attractive right now with a lot of uh, golf instructors becoming kind of celebrities or becoming actual celebrities, um, that a lot of people are looking to that as a path. So for the PGA to make it easier for people to do that makes a lot of sense because when I look at it, it's hard for me other than Michael Breed, who we know is a PGA member because he's the PGA member of all PGA members. I've had a chance to meet him a couple of times. It's also as in the in the whole... Minute and twenty seconds that i 've spent with him combined nicest guy ever he could be terrible after that, but anyway, in the th- that minute and twenty seconds he held it together pretty well, and uh, he just seems like and from the people that i 've talked to him anyway say that he 's like one of the super nicest guy oh he also did a real that 's what it, the other thing that did. it he also did a really cool uh, we had a little cool Twitter interaction as well. I think he retweeted something that I said, and I was like I made my day, and then he like anyways, Anyways, it was it was pretty cool he he took it took time. To uh, to have some fun, which was cool. Anyway, um, besides Michael Breed, um, Jordan Spieth's coach, but like you think about a lot of other coaches, they're not necessarily as, 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 synonymous, as, as synonymous with or attached to the PGA brand. So uh, a bit of a vulnerability there, potentially for people going, well, I don't need to be in the PGA. I can just go be a teacher because look at these guys who did it. Um, so I think that that's a smart move by them as well to really up up their up the game on uh, and the resources on on teaching. Um, a lot of people said that they hope that they update the uh, teaching philosophies as well. When I went through it, um, I think it was the same. God, I don't know how old the book was, but it was old. Um, it was it was so old uh, that it still said that path. <laughs> we were in our seminar getting ready for the test, and the instructor said. The book says it's path determines ball flight over face. And they were like, I, I, we know that is wrong, but on the test, (laughs) the answer is face, I'm sorry, path, not face is more important, um, to the initial, the initial launch of the, of the ball. So it was just kind of funny that they're like, we know it's not, but that was eight, not eight, nine years ago or so. It has been that long, eight or nine years ago, I guess. Um, I wonder if it says on my PGA card when I got elected. Yeah, 2013, so it's only been five years. Yeah, so five years. Oh, but those were seminars, that's why it's been like six or seven years. Anyway, um, so hopefully updated there. Um, That's good news for all the people that had that feedback around the the teaching. Um, Couple other, uh, let's see, what else did the article cover? Lots of time spent about teaching. Uh, I said that the PGM students in university, um, will continue on. I believe those starting next year will go through some sort of, they'll, they'll declare at some point. I I don't know that that's true. The article didn't really say, uh, but it did say that, um, or maybe it did say, but it just basically said PGM university students that are in, I'm sure if you're in a PGM university, you've already been told this because some of the people that listen to this have told me, um that that's what they said is the next year will be affected, but that once they get out, they'll declare after they graduate, I think. Um, Is that, yeah, they'll continue and declare after graduation. I hope I'm, this is why I can't do notes, I should be actually reading the article. Um, But they said nothing will change with the current classes. Nothing, at least in the curriculum, will change. Um, And then it was kind of a little confusing. So I don't know, it said that for uh, existing members like myself, so they would have access to the different tracks. So, But it, it used the word that they so you could choose a track and then it mentioned MSRs, so it was a little bit vague. I don't know if I will actually choose like a executive management track or if I just have access to all the education materials so that whatever path I quote unquote choose in my life Um, I'll have resources to help me on that path. Uh, But it did mention MSR credit. So possibility down the line of, uh, and this is a little bit from the article, but also a little bit of speculation on my part, that it would make sense that whatever path you were to choose, there would be some MSR, possibly some MSR required um, for those. The article does not say that that directly. Um, just saying it would, it would make sense potentially to have some MSRs be specific to your career path, which, I mean, why would that, that wouldn't hurt you. You should be learning the stuff that makes the most sense to you anyway. Um, and I think that's, um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, apprentices are now called associates. If you're going through just the regular, the PGM non-university program. So apprentices are now called associates. Uh, you will pass a qualifying test and the PAT. You will do level one, and then before level two, you will declare one of the paths um, for education and career. This is considered a career path. So before level two, so you will do level one, boom, level two, the. All of the levels will focus on member, customer retention, creation. All three will focus on teaching. So if you're in executive management that is still growing the game and being able to teach is still important in any of the levels, not just teaching, obviously. And then in teaching, you'll still, Get a lot of the curriculum. I don't know what to what extent, but you still have some of the other curriculum as well. But it will just be more focused um, on teaching in proportion than uh, than the other ones. Uh, This also ties into the eighteen career consultants um, that those. I think that was a change that got announced. I don't know how long ago that was, but basically the. uh, Career Consultants is now the name for what used to be Career Services, I think. Employment Consultants, I think it was. Um, so they will be using um, those 18 career consultants will work to inform PGA professionals about the opportunities and um, all that that uh, that will change. Um, so I think that that is pretty cool and proactive as well. Um, just looking through my extensive notes that are written on three by six pieces of paper. Uh, oh and the curriculum will be updated so I did get a piece of I did I did have somebody say that they wished um, they like me uh, don't read I like reading but for members for like r- information retention uh, listening is is better so you know having a lot of the the content on audio which by the way if anybody's going through the program, if you were to actually create a podcast or audio files of you actually reading the book, you'd probably sell it for a lot of money and probably pay for your PGA level, just saying. That's just the, the entrepreneurial tendencies of mind speaking, so that might be something you wanna do. Um, I'm sure it's heck not gonna do it, um, but go for it. <laughs> um, that the um, having audio coursework work would be helpful, they don't go as far as saying that, but they do say that the curriculum will be updated for online phone and tablet. It will be a blend of webinar, written, video, um, and different forms of content as well, not just written. So that's cool. Um, the way that we consume information is different, uh, I think, in these days. So updating that will be helpful for people to be able to learn on the go and and all that. Um, Probably won't learn as much as you learn from this podcast, but I mean that goes without saying. <laughs> uh, let's see what else, what other feedback. Um, not enough emphasis on teaching. We talked about that. Um, oh, and just a, a general kind of—I I remember this too from the book. Work was that there would always be like an, every once in a while there would be just a super definitive statement, and then no nothing to support it. So it would be you know, after the round is the best time to teach a lesson. And it would like, you just give no support to say why that was the case. And this just always irks me with just definitive statements without support like that, especially in an educational environment like this. It's kind of like, um, what was it? There's always, uh, if, you, if any of you follow Mark Brody, um, and his book, if you can follow him on Twitter, he's really good, good follow. Um, and I, I'm recording this on my phone right now, so I can't bring it up to tell you, well, maybe I can't. Um, what his Twitter handle is. But uh, for those of you who don't know him, he did a, a book called Every Shot Counts, which is basically based on strokes gained across the board, like from tee to green at different yardages, from different you know, distances on the putting green. So statistically, he knows the answers to all these things. And I, somebody said something about a, a quote from his book or he put it out or something like that. And inevitably, everybody's like, I'd much rather have my, you know, Short game be better or than my dri- than than my driving or something like that, and I would just always respond like, just send him a link to the book and be like, please read the book. Like you're literally telling the guy that wrote the book on this stuff the wrong answer. So the reason I go into that story is because all you know all those things that we've all heard from from that we all heard I heard growing up. Well, for a lot of you growing up, you you didn't hear this because you weren't around for twenty years, but. Um, you know, you, you, people, you know, drive for show, putt for dough. Like statistically, if you hit the ball further off the tee, like that you will, you will, you have more strokes gained than, it, you know, better putting theoretically and within reason. So it's just kind of, um, all of those things that we hear. So like, you know, after a round is the best time to teach, like based on what, like, so I always think that having some support behind things is definitely important. And plus it just like, that would be interesting for me to know, like, after a round is the best time to teach. I'm like, okay, based on what, then I can use that information to maybe support it and or um, support other theories as well. And and um, so I started to talk before about to um, on a just a holistic level. So that's 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 pretty much the the. You should read the article. It's a lengthy article. And I'm not saying that because I'm not saying length, but it's a, it's a, it goes in more depth than, than I did there. And it gets sidetracked a lot less than I do too, which is helpful, um, or not. Um, but, um, so that kind of covers the article and then somebody else brought up a point that made me think too, is that in, in, just in general, kind of, you know, And some people that their experience was that they left the golf business because there weren't enough quality jobs or they weren't going to make enough money or, you know, all the different reasons why one people leave jobs, but also the reason people leave uh, being a golf professional as well. And that's part of the reason that I do all of this is to just help. Um, provide any insight that i can that helps make golf professionals more valuable to their facilities as well so that they can have then more leverage and more control over the way that they run their operation and that includes the amount of hours that they spend at their facility Um, and that and that 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 feedback of and there's a lot of Management companies have a big say in this as well because they can set a precedent as far as within the organization kind of what um, what roles make what and um, have more control over – the industry than even the PGA potentially, if, if they reach that scale. Um, and I've worked for management companies that have been phenomenal and the opportunities were many if you were, um, if you succeeded and, and did well. Um, and I've been a part of some that even if you succeeded and did well, despite obstacles, um, that, uh, you didn't get recognized. So Um, and, and I think that that, and and so many different variables when you're, when you're talking about something like that. So, but I think that that's an interesting, um, point too, is that, um, it's not, and that goes kind of full circle back to what I first said, which is this, the PGA is an organization trying to educate its members the best that they can to be able to provide them value to further their careers and do all of those things. And then ultimately uh, it's in the hands of the people doing the hiring and the firing and the, and the, and setting the pay scales. Uh, it's just my hope that I do, I can do a little something in this world to, um, to help golf professionals, PGA or not, quite honestly, um, just to change a little bit of the perception of, um, you have to work every weekend because that's just what you're expected to do. Even if you're like, I'm blowing revenues out of the water and by 40% 40% this year, membership retention has never been higher by 40% and I'm doing it all, you know, with these things I'm doing Monday through Friday and it's still like, yeah, but we still want you here Saturday, Sunday, cause our golf pros are here Saturday, Sunday. It's like, that's fine. Then do you want me to go back to zero on these other improvements? Like that's, I think that there's just a kind of, I think that there's an opportunity <laughs> There's an opportunity for people to to exceed expectations and then therefore be able to have some control over what the expectations are. Obviously, if you're not there every weekend and the members are pissed, you're not doing something right. That's going to lead to lower satisfaction. It's going to lead to lower complaints, higher employee turnover and all those things. But if you're literally aces across the board on all that stuff – Then I think you have a little latitude to do things how you want to do them. So it's it's my hope that really I'm not even thinking about moving the industry forward with this kind of stuff. It's more of just if I can you know give somebody one Sunday a month um, with their family that they wouldn't have, or with their friends, or to play golf, or whatever it is. I don't know. Then that that's that's the point here, and that's what I think that the PGA is trying to do as well. I think PGA is also trying to protect it you know, make the brand. And, and, and that was another piece of feedback people gave was just the expense of going through the levels and the education and all that. So, um, hopefully this closes the gap on the value to expense of becoming a PGA professional. Um, there's a lot of golf professionals out there too, that aren't PGA that are doing quite well also. So, um, PGA is running a business or, or organization that, um, um does have financial considerations as well, and hopefully this, these moves in this education not only enhances the brand of the PGA professional and the the lifestyle of the PGA professional and the income of PGA professionals, um but uh, strengthens the brand as well. Um and then, you know, of course, it's a um cycle of more brand awareness, more more brand worth, and more value for the PGA professionals, and also the PGA professionals have to do their job to create, um, create that brand as well themselves to then elevate the level of the PGA professionals, which then is that cycle and that codependence of the, uh, the organization and the, uh, and the member of that organization. So I'm doing what I can, um, from, from the outside world. So hopefully that helps and has a little bit of an impact on you guys. Um, this was a pretty f- fun episode to do. I, I was just saying it was a fun episode. I'm actually just, this is the first take and I'm just flabbergasted that I made it all the way through without totally blowing it and having to start over again. This is also one continuous recording on the app that I use. So if I screw it up at this point, it's game over. Uh, there will be no episode, <laughs> but there is an episode. Don't forget to, uh, one thing I'd love for you guys to do. Uh, If you know another golf professional that that could really benefit from this, uh, please share it with them. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast. As I mentioned, I'm going to be putting a lot more work into the podcast. Um, Also follow me on Instagram, PGAJ, Snapchat, same thing, PGAJAY. Um, Been up to some shenanigans as well, getting a little bit more comfortable on the camera, doing kind of some vlog style stuff and just having some more fun, plus some tips on my mind um, as things go along as well. If you ever have any questions please email me uh, j at pgaj.com if I can be helpful in any way. And I do mean that a lot of the ideas for this show, I have no idea what the next podcast is going to be on. Um, but a lot of the ideas come from the feedback that you guys give and the questions that you ask, because if you are asking those questions, then they are going to be valuable to somebody else that is like you and in your position as well. Um, So please ask those questions and I'll do whatever I can to help. Um, Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. Any feedback on the show would be great. One last, yeah, just do those things. We'll get to other stuff later. Do those two things. Share the podcast um, and, uh, and with somebody that um, you care about. And, <laughs> and uh, hit me up with any questions. Both of those would be super helpful and make me feel super good. So thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon.